Uh, we're in a series called Strong, Strong. I want to talk to you from this thought today. Your best life. Now, I want to be honest with you. I'm fired up to preach today. So that this, this message is stirring in my heart, and I can't wait to, to, to deliver it to you today. If you're new with us, we, we are in a series that we're looking at strategies of how to navigate three seasons of life successfully. So last week we talked about the first season. Last week I talked to you about to the young people. And I, I talked last week and encourage you to get online if you missed it, watch the message, listen to the message. I talked to the younger people about setting an example and what the Bible says about how we should all set an example. And, and now, now next week we're going to look at finishing strong, the older life, that, that last lap of life, that last season. How many of you know, I believe this, how many think we should finish strong? I mean, I don't want to just, I want to finish strong. I want to finish well in life. And so we're, we're, we're going to talk about that next week, how to finish strong. And, and, and today we're going to look at the middle season of life, kind of the middle age of life. Some say between 40 and 60, kind of that middle age of life. And, and midlife oftentimes can be viewed and is talked about kind of this season of life that's not very enjoyable. Uh, many of you have heard the, the phrase midlife crisis. You know, watch out, you know, you know, when you get to middle age, you got to watch out because you're going to go through a midlife crisis. And, and a midlife crisis is, is literally when a middle-aged person kind of lose their, loses their identity and, and they can't find themselves and they're looking and searching for their identity. So maybe they go out and they buy a brand new sports car or they buy a brand new face or a brand new body or they... Or they run off with some young woman or some young man and, and this kind of middle, midlife crisis. And I did a study as I knew I was going to talk to you about middle age and midlife. And as I was studying this, I kind of just went and researched some on midlife crisis. And you know what I found out? Very interesting that midlife crisis, very few people go through a midlife crisis. It's, it's more of a myth than anything else. But yet when people talk about the midlife it can just, the, the word and the verbiage can just be kind of negative. And us middle-aged folks, I'm, I'm kind of there now. You, you, we, we know all the jokes. And the reality is some of the jokes are actually true about midlife. Come on, you know some of the jokes. When you're 50, you still have all the moves. You just don't make them as fast. Huh? Come on, huh, you know. I still got it, Pastor. I still got it. I just, I just don't move as fast. You know, at 45, you finally get your head together, and then your body starts falling apart. Midlife, midlife. There are three. This is, this is important for you to understand. There are three signs, three signs that you are getting older. The first is your loss of memory. I forgot the other two. You'll get it later. You'll get it later. Just keep hanging with me. You'll get it. You'll get it. You, you, you know you're at middle age when a part of your body is hurting, and you don't even know why. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I, I'm in that phase of life now. I'll wake up, I'm like, my shoulder's hurting. I don't even know why. I'm trying to go to the gym and lift. I'm thinking, how did I hurt my shoulder? I mean, who knows what I'm talking about? You start aching and don't even know why you're aching. Come on. Come on. You know you're at middle age. You, you know what happens? How many of you have had this happen before? You pull your hamstring just walking. You know, that's middle age. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> my gosh, I pulled my muscle walking. Middle age, middle age. Middle age has its challenges just like every other 
season of life. And what I want to do today is I want to teach you about how your midlife can be your best life. Not your worst life, not midlife crisis, but how can your midlife be your best life? And today we're going to study a, a, a man in the Bible who was in his midlife. And his midlife actually led to his best life. His name is Moses. And, and Moses grew up in Pharaoh's palace, in the king's palace. Moses received the finest education in the land. Moses ate the best of food. He ate quality food. He, he, was, he was living in luxury. His, his future was made in Egypt because he grew up in Pharaoh's palace. And one day Moses, he sees one of his, one, one of his people, the Israelites, they were being abused by an Egyptian man. And, and so he sees this abuse and he decides to kill the Egyptian. And when he kills him, Pharaoh finds out about it and he tries to kill Moses. So Moses flees Egypt and he, he's running for his life. Now get the story here. Moses is 40 years old. He's at the beginning of this whole mid-life, this mid-stage life. And, and Moses finds himself in trouble with the law, running for his life, lost his family. He's, he's lonely. He's lost his livelihood. He's, he's, he's broke and he's literally homeless at the age of 40. And, and Moses his life could have continued in a downward spiral. But as we're going to find out today, we find out that his midlife actually led to his best life. And I want to teach you that today. I want to teach you how the rest of your life can be the best of your life. I want to give you four strategies on how your midlife can be your best life. And no matter how old you are, how young you are, this message will apply to your life. These principles, if you'll work the Word of God, the Word of God will work for you. Number one is this. The first strategy is surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people. Let's, let's look at the Scriptures today. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, And sure enough... Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. He heard Moses killed a man, so he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now, friends, Moses did not run to Midian by accident. He went there on purpose. You have to understand the history here. Uh, the high priest there was, was Jethro, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him later. But, but Jethro, earlier in life, was one of King Pharaoh's foremost advisors. He would advise King Pharaoh, but, but old Jethro loved the Lord. He loved people, and so he was friendly to the Israelites, and, and Pharaoh did not like that, so he drove Jethro away from the palace, and Jethro left the palace, and he settled in Midian, and he ended up becoming the high priest of the land, a man who loved the Lord. And, and Moses, no doubt, he knows about Jethro. He's seen him around Pharaoh's palace, and he probably knows that he ends up in Midian. And, and so when Moses flees, he goes to Midian, where Jethro is the high priest. He goes to where there's a godly man that he knows, 
and he goes to Midian. And I also think it's interesting, Moses is a single man, and he goes to where, where Jethro is because Jethro not only is a man that loves the Lord, but Jethro has seven daughters. Now, he didn't go to a land where the high priest was there who had seven sons. Oh, no, he got some wisdom. You know what I'm saying? He goes to where the high priest has seven daughters. Come on, you can be midlife. Come on, you can be single and still mingle. Come on, just because you're 45, 50 doesn't mean that you can't still mingle. You just need to mingle with the right people. You need to mingle in the right environment. The right people and the right environment is so crucial. You can be single and mingle, but put yourself around the right people. And Moses goes to Midian where the high priest is there who loves the Lord, Jethro. And friends, we say it all the time to teenagers. We say it all the time to young people. We say, hey, 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 young person, watch your friendships. Watch your relationships. Your relationships will make you or break you. But friends, that's not just true for young people. That's true for all of us. And friends, if you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you have to begin to surround yourself with the right people. And how many know if you're going to choose to be around the right people, that means you got to let go of some of the wrong people. you got to get around the right people. If you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you got to get around some godly people, some people who love God. You have to get around some people that are positive. You have to get around some people that are going somewhere in life. you got to get around some people who aren't stuck in the past and, and paralyzed by the past. you got to get around the right people. Come on right now. Do inventory. Just think about your life. Inventory your life. Who are you hanging around? Negative? People don't love the Lord? People not going anywhere? People always trying to pull you down? If the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life, you must get around the right people. And Moses fled to Midian where Jethro was. Number two is this. Let's look at the second strategy on how the rest of your life can be the best of your life. Number two is this, keep living. Keep living. Let, let's look at this together. Exodus chapter 2, verse 16 says, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. Now, now, get the picture here. Moses has fled Egypt. He left conflict. They were trying to kill him. He's in trouble with the law. And then right when he shows up, he arrives in Midian. He encounters more conflict. How many of you realize the last thing Moses wants right now in life is more conflict? And he shows up in Midian. He sees the shepherds taking advantage and mistreating these seven young ladies. And you know what? It would have been easy for Moses. I mean, he's fled. He's running for his life. He's left his family. He's lost everything. It would have been easy for Moses just to say this, forget it. I'm not helping these ladies out. I'm not helping anybody else out. I'm, I'm trying to look out for number one. I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to live life and help people out. I'm, I'm just staying to myself. Forget it. I've been through so much already. Done. Done. But that wasn't his response at all. Moses kept 
living. He kept doing the right thing. And the scripture says, even though it was one of his worst days, Moses still did the right thing. He kept living. And the Bible says he rescued these ladies from these mean shepherds. And not only did he do that, he went the extra mile and he actually drew water from the well and he began to water all of their animals, all of the ladies and their, and their animals. He took care of them. Can I tell you, Moses kept living. It wasn't easy because life is not always easy. Midlife's not always easy, but he was 40 years old. And you know what Moses found out? Things have not turned out the way that I thought they would. I'm at midlife, and I didn't think I would be here. And Moses describes his season of life in Exodus chapter 2 and, and verse 22. Here, here's what Moses says about his season of life. He says, later, she gave birth to a son. Moses married one of those daughters, Zipporah, and and she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. For he explained, and here's what the name means. He describes his season. He says, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Moses was saying, I never thought I would be in this place in life. Moses was in midlife, and think about it. He lost his home. He lost his comfort. He lost his friends. He lost his family. He lost his career. He lost his connections. He was a foreigner in a foreign land. And Moses literally had to start all over again. And sometimes in midlife, you can feel like Moses. You feel like a foreigner in a foreign land. And some of you would say, Pastor, I've lost so much. I've lost so much in life. I've lost friends. Uh, the, the marriage didn't work out. I lost it. I, I, lost, I lost my money. I lost the house. I, I lost relationships. I lost my career. I, I've lost fellowship and connection with my children. I've lost so much in life. I never dreamed I'd be where I am today in life. But I want to encourage you, if that's you, if you're going through a season of, of adversity, can I encourage you, keep living. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Sometimes in life, you're at a place where you don't even know what to do. And friends, when you get to a place in life when you don't know what to do, just keep doing what you know to do. Just keep helping people and help water the from, Take care of the sheep. Help those ladies out. Keep, doing, keep honoring God. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep living. Keep doing the right thing because we serve a God that knows how to rebuild broken lives. Listen, God can restore everything you lost, everything you walked away from, everything you messed up. Listen, Moses, God can restore it, but you have to keep living. Don't you dare put a period where God's put a comma. Keep living. Keep living. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep living. God can turn your season around. Listen, your midlife can be your best life because God can do a new thing at midlife. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, look, all the years have passed. Then were the good old days. Good old days. No, 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 no. God can do a new thing in your midlife if you will just keep living. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Keep living. Number three is this. There's a, a third strategy to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Number three is this. Settle down. Settle down. Let, let's look at this in Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 18. It says, when the girls returned to Reuel, now this is actually Jethro. As I was studying this week and some commentaries say and some, some scholars say that 
This is, this is maybe possibly his last name that they're referring to, but it's still the high priest of Midian. And the girls returned and to their father, and they asked, why are you, he, he asked, why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? The father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation, and he settled there with them. He settled there. Come on, all of our locations, everybody say, settled there. Yeah, I want you to get that. He, he settled there with him. In time, Reuel gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah, to be his wife. Now, in midlife, when, when things don't turn out the way people want them to, you can oftentimes find people just running from one thing to the next. They just keep running. Some people never settle down. They just keep running. Some of you may find yourself in that season of life right now. Things haven't turned out the way you wanted them to, and now you find yourself just, just running from one thing to the next, running from one relationship to the next, running from one job to the next, running from one city to the next, running from one church to the next, running from one relationship to the next. You're just running, running, running. And listen, if the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life, you got to learn to settle down. The Bible says Moses fled from Egypt. He was on the run. But the Scripture says when he got to Midian, he settled down there. He settled there, and you have to learn to settle down. Some of you are restless. You're just running all the time, just running all the time. And friends, you can never build anything lasting unless you learn to settle down. Come on, everybody shout, settle down. Yeah, you got to learn to settle down and not just run from one thing to the next. Listen, be settled being single. Oh, I knew I wasn't going to get any amens. That's Okay. Be settled. Be single and settled. I'm not saying don't mingle. I'm not saying don't look. I'm saying just settle, though. Quit being impatient. Quit, quit being restless. Some of you are just restless, single and restless. I got to have me a man. Got to have me a man. I need somebody on my arm. I got to be going on a date. I need me a woman. You can't go 90 days without a man. Settle. You got to learn to settle down. You're never going to build anything great. You're never going to build anything lasting unless you learn to be settled. You got to learn. You cannot have a restless spirit. Settle down. Be settled in your marriage. Some of you have been married 18 months talking about, I'm looking for somebody else. Settle down. <laughs> settled. Be settled in your marriage. Be committed. Be settled. Tiffany and I have been married this year 19 years. I'm settled, man. I'm settled. I don't want nobody else. You're crazy. She's crazy. I'm crazy. All of us is crazy. But I know her crazy. I don't want to mess with your crazy. Don't even try to get me to eyes. I'm not even looking at you. Back on off. I got my wife 19 years. I know her crazy. She know my crazy. You crazier than she is and crazier than me. I don't want to mess with you. Settle down. Some of you crazy. I need me another woman. No, you need to settle down. That other one you're going to get, she's crazy too. The other man you're going to get, he's crazy. The other one you're talking about, I'm going to leave him and go get you. That one's crazy too. Settle down. You got to understand people are just restless today. Just re I, it's everybody, I, I want something new. I need something new. You don't need the oldest new. Settle down. Settle down. You'll never build anything great unless you settle. Come on, settle down and raise your children. Be settled. Be, settled. Be a parent. Settle down. 
You're not 18. I need to go out. No, you need to stay home. Settle down. Settle down and raise your children. Invest in them. Love on them. Settle down. I've got four children. I'm settled. Been married 19 years this year. Got four children. I'm going to raise those. I'm going to be a daddy to those four children. Tiffany, not five. Four, baby. Are we having four? Four children. I'm settled. You got, you got to learn to settle down. Be settled at work. Somebody just restless at work. Just restless. Settle down. Be dependable. Give your best. Pull your weight. Settle down. I've been pastoring people's church 14 years now. Settled. It's not always easy. Every day is not always great. There are struggles. But man, you know what? God can't build anything great through me unless I settle down. You got to settle down. Last year I got a phone call. You know, somebody called me. They were all smooth in how they got to talk to me. They were calling. Yeah. We were just wondering. They were trying to feel me out. They wanted me to come pastor their church and making it all bright. And would you pray about it? No, I'm not even praying about it. I don't need to pray. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not coming. I don't even like your weather. I'm not praying. I'm settled. I'm settled. I'm not praying. I can give you some recommendations, but I'm not going nowhere. I'm set. God can't do anything great for me running from one thing. You got to settle down. Hey, listen, it's not always easy, but you got to be settled. Settle down. All of us get opportunities. I'm not saying God won't open up doors for you. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying in your spirit, in your heart, in your inner being, you got to be settled. Some of you restless. Settle down. You got to be settled in your finances. Some of you need to settle down. Every time you get a paycheck, just I got to go get something new. I got to go shopping. Give me a new lollipop. Need me a new toy. Got to have me a new phone. Got to settle down. You're going to be broke the rest of your life. Settle down. Settle down. Tithe and, and save and invest for the future. Pay down your debt. Settle down financially. Some of you need to be settled in your faith in God. Come on, some of you, your, 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 your faith in God's a roller coaster. Every, every day, you're just up and down with Jesus. Just up and down. Come on, you got to get this thing smoothed out. Get consistent in your prayer life. Come I on, you don't want to live your whole Christian life like this. Get settled praying. Get settled reading the Bible. Come on, get settled worshiping in God. Come on, get settled going to church every week. Come on, some of you need to get settled and find a church home. Come on, every year and a half, I got to find me a new church. I don't like the preacher. I don't like the worship. I don't have to. You're not going to ever find a church. None of them are perfect. Pick you one. Settle yourself down. If it's not this one, find one. I'm just saying the preacher's not perfect. The church is not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Settle down. Settle down. You're never going to build anything for God unless you get settled in your heart. And Moses fled. He fled from Egypt, and he went to Midian, and he settled there. That's how the rest of his life became the best of his life because Moses did not have a restless spirit. He settled down there. Number four is this. Number four is this. Before I get to number four, just turn to your neighbor and say, just tell them, settle down. Just go ahead. Just say, just say it. I know you want to. I know you was hoping I would tell you to say it. Like, I just, please, pastor, tell me to turn over. To right, they need to know it. Settle down, please. Number four, number four, number four, number four. The fourth strategy that the rest of your life would be the best of your life is tend your flock. I want to break this down for you. Tend your flock. Notice in Exodus 3 and verse 1, one day Moses was tending the flock, tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. 
There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Miraculous. I love when God does the miraculous. An angel appears in the bush. It says, Moses stared in amazement. Why was he amazed? It said, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. The bush was burning but would not burn up. It was miraculous. Get the picture here. When, when Moses arrived in Midian, he settled there for 40 years. He was there 40 years settled before God ever gave him his next assignment and said, Moses, go back to Egypt and lead my people out of slavery. He was 40 years in Midian. And you know the interesting thing? Sometimes the Bible just kind of, you know, that, that doesn't give you everything. And in Moses' life, you just have about a 40-year period where the Bible doesn't say anything. It didn't give us a lot of, of background story of what Moses went through for 40 years. All we know for 40 years is Moses was tending the flock. He was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. We know he got married to Zipporah, had children, was raising his children. He was loving his wife 40 years. 40 years. It's just been 40 years. 40 years. Not, not a lot of story, not a lot of background. We just know 40 years. And can I tell you, those 40 years, they weren't all easy. They weren't all easy. I love my father-in-law. He's a great man. Respect him. But can I tell you, I don't ever want to work for him, especially not 40 years. Moses worked for his father-in-law 40 years. Not only did he work with his father-in-law 40 years, the Bible says that Zipporah had six other sisters. And Moses, the Bible didn't give us all the details, but it appears that he either lived with his father-in-law or right around his father-in-law. And so here he is growing up, raising his kids, working for his father-in-law, hanging out and dealing with six sisters and the mother-in-law. Now, I love my mother-in-law. I like women. But I'm just telling you, there was some drama there. Amen. Drama with the father-in-law. Drama with the... Come on. just drama. Come on. You can laugh, women. You know I'm telling the truth. Praise the Lord. I mean, just... It, was, it wasn't all... Per I'm just trying to paint a picture. It wasn't all perfect. It wasn't all perfect. It wasn't all great. But Moses was tending flock. He was faithful. Let me paint the picture for you because you can read that and we make 40 years in the Bible just go overnight. It's like, ooh, that was quick. No, 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 no. He got up every day, one day at a time, tending the flock, taking the sheep out. One sheep was born, one died, taking care of, picking it up, feeding them, taking care of, guiding the sheep. Oh, the pasture didn't have enough, enough grass this year. We got to find a new place for, the, for the, cow, the sheep to be able to graze and eat and love my wife, give the kids a bath, just be in favor. I'm highly educated. I'm Moses. I grew up in Pharaoh's house. I know there's more than me in that, than I'm doing. I know God has to have more, but I'm just going to tend the flock. This is the season I'm in. I'm just going to be faithful, educated, but taking care of sheep, qualified, but taking care of sheep. I could be a king, but I'm taking care of sheep. I've got leadership ability in me. I know I can lead people, but I'm taking care of the sheep. I'm just going to love my wife, do what my father-in-law tells me. I'm just going to, 40 years, 40 years of the monotonous. But friends, if you ever want to experience the miraculous, you got to be faithful in the monotonous. Everybody wants the miraculous. Oh, we love, we love, we love to talk about Moses and the burning bush. Come on. We love that story. We love to talk about how Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. 
We love to talk about how Moses led a million plus Israelites through the Red Sea on dry ground. We love to talk about how when Moses got in the desert with the people of God, he called out to God and God rained down manna from heaven and fed the people because there was no food there. We love to talk about how Moses took his rod and touched the rock and water came flowing from the rock and, and a million plus people had water to drink. We love to talk about how Moses saw God face to face and on the mountain he wrote the Ten Commandments. We love to talk about Moses and the miraculous but he would never experience the miraculous if he wouldn't have been faithful in the monotonous. Forty years, tending sheep, take care of the sheep. And I'm telling somebody, God wants to do the miraculous in your life. You're at midlife. God wants to turn some things around. But I'm telling you, you must be faithful in the monotonous. Come on, raise your kids. Love your spouse. Live pure. Pay your bills. Work your job. Love God. Love people. Serve. Be in church faithfully. Pray. Love people. Be faithful in the monotonous. Because it's being faithful in the monotonous that sets you up for the miraculous. Friends, let me tell you today, this is so critical. Quit trying to find your burning bush. Quit trying to create your own burning bush. Moses did not create a burning bush, nor was he looking for a burning bush. All Moses was doing was tending the flock because, friends, God knows where you are. And when God wants to set your bush on fire, he knows how to find your address. He just needs to find you tending the flock. He needs to find you being faithful. He needs to find you putting one foot in front of the other and being faithful to God. And some of you so busy trying to create your own fire. You're not even faithful what you know you should do, trying to create fire, trying to manipulate, trying to control situations, trying to turn it around yourself, trying to make it happen, trying to manipulate, trying to be a con artist, trying to make your own fire. Quit trying to make your own fire. God knows where you are. Tend the flock. Tend the flock. Be faithful tending the flock. And friends, God will turn your season around in his time in due season. The halfway mark doesn't mean your life is halfway over. It means it's halfway started. The rest of your life will be the best of your life if you will learn to surround yourself with the right people. If you'll learn to keep living. If you'll settle down. And if you will tend the flock. Listen, I know some of you are thinking, I do not want to tend the flock. I don't like the flock, don't care for the flock. Moses didn't either. But listen, you got to be faithful to do what you know to do. Tend the flock, and God knows how to elevate you and take you to Pharaoh's palace and lead a million-plus people and pastor and lead. He knows how to turn your season around. But you got to be faithful to tend the flock. And the rest of your life can be the best of your life.